Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Hecke. Welcome to episode 156. Yeah. Yeah, a whole 156 of them. That's That's this one. All right, I hope you guys had an amazing past week. I'm going to tell you like this, man. It was a lot of things I was praying for for the past two, three months. God's been really been teaching me how I have faith in him, how to have trust in him. And when I tell you that there was blessings on blessings this past week, God delivered. And I think it's only right for me to open up this uh, podcast episode as I close this window. Sorry. Um, to open up this podcast episode by truly giving glory to God, man, and just telling you, and I'm going to go into more detail about my blessings in another episode. We have a lot to cover this episode, um, if you didn't know by the title. But if you're not trusting in God, if you're not having faith in God, even when it don't look like it, you're losing out, man. There's some real miracles that God wants to do in your life. And in order for it to be a miracle, it needs to look like there's no way. You know what I'm saying? Um, so don't get discouraged when he's staging the miracle, you know? Um, because God is great. He's a provider and he loves us. So um, I'm, I'm going to talk about more of my testimonies coming up. But God has been good to me, y'all. It's been challenging. A lot of things that have been, you know, <sighs> been tough. But God has truly been great in my life. Um, because we have a lot to get to this episode, I'm going to say these quick announcements. First, I want to give a quick shout out to my boy, Roman. Um, if you've been to any poetry jam or at least the past two poetry jams, he's the one that's been leading us in praise and worship. He's just dropped an, an EP called Champions Cry, and I would love for you guys to check that out. This is an amazing, talented man of God who's truly been a blessing to me in my life personally. Um, I just wanted to shout him out, man. He's he's a very hard worker, and you know he's really just been a servant. Um, and has really supported Unassociated and, you know, our shows and everything like that. So you, you've probably seen him in like one of these clips that we had posted in a, a minute ago. But yeah, go go support him and, and listen to that EP. It's very encouraging as well. I listened to it already. Um, that's the first thing I wanted to say. And of course, UA Day. Um, I think we're less than 40 days away. Um, we're getting things ready, man. Um, thank you to everybody who's been donating. It's truly been amazing. Um, we... We're making it happen, man. It's coming to fruition. And if you are in Los Angeles, August 20th, Saturday, August 20th, we need you on Robinson Street. Sorry, the flyer says Robinson Streets because sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I genuinely might be dyslexic. Um, I don't want to claim it, but I might be. So apologies for that. But Robinson Street, I hope to see you guys there, man. Um, yeah, it's going to be an amazing day in person just great there's probably gonna be food too well there is gonna be food um so yeah we got food like it's the food all of that it's gonna be great it's gonna be amazing um and yeah i'm gonna be ranting about that more and more for like the next month but i really want to get to this episode because it's a lot to cover so we're gonna get ready straight straight into it um quick shout out to everybody who came out to bible study um and on monday where we talked about this topic art versus blasphemy um and you know we went into more detail because bible says an hour i'm not going to talk about this for an hour or at least i'm going to try not talk about this for an hour on this podcast episode but nevertheless nevertheless you know we, i'm going to cover all the main points um we're talking about art versus blasphemy of course this is you know an episode that i've been teasing since um Kendrick Lamar had dropped his recent album, which I was waiting five years for, and I was a little bit, you know, upset with it. And 
you know, just because of like the Christ imagery and stuff like that. And I, it was just very distracting to the entire album for me. Um, and, you know, I have strong emotions about it. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, the Holy Spirit definitely checked me. I'm not here to bash Kendrick Lamar. I still think he's the greatest rapper I've ever heard of in my entire life. I'm not here to bash anybody that I talk about in this episode, but I do think it's important to talk about this topic of art versus blasphemy or art that's offensive to Christianity because it's becoming more and more prevalent. Um, some artists doing it without knowing. Um, some artists do it very adamantly and deliberately. Um, um, but I think it's important for us to know for the reason I'm going to outline. So today we're going to talk about um, art versus blasphemy. As I was kind of like really emotional about <laughs> the whole Kendrick album, you know, I was going on TikTok and I was like hearing people's conversations about it. And I saw this one comment, you know, there was a Christian creator that was saying, hey, this is bad. Like, we'll do, do, do. Um, and then there was one comment saying that, hey, like you guys shouldn't be saying anything about Kendrick Lamar's album. Creativity is boundless. You know, and I started to think about this. Creativity is boundless. I, I hear people say this a lot, right? Um, that creativity is balanced, like there shouldn't be bounds. We shouldn't be policing how people express their creativity. And I think that on the surface level, that sounds, you know, absolutely valid, you know. Um, but when you actually think about it, when you compartmentalize it, you realize that it's not true. Creativity is not boundless, right? Like we we reject, we do not make art, nor do we tolerate art that promotes taboos. Like we don't tolerate art that is promoting incest and child abuse and rape and and whatever it might be. You know what I'm saying? Like there is a line to cross and we generally agree on that. That doesn't mean that nobody ever crosses those lines, but we generally agree on that as a society at large. You know, we reject art that is repulsive, that is offensive and so on. But unfortunately, I think that people think creativity is boundless when it comes to offending groups that they already don't like. They think that creativity is balanced when it comes to groups that they really don't care about. Um, reality is, you know, it's been and, and I don't think there's any secrets to anybody that's been cognizant of what's been going on in our world. People are feeling more and more comfortable with, you know, crossing the line when it comes to Christianity. There is no respect. There is no sanctity. There are no boundaries when it comes to Christianity in particular. They can criticize. They can cosplay. They can mock. They can ridicule. They can vandalize. They can persecute. And on top of that, they think that they are justified. And I can go on an entire episode series about why people think they're justified in ridiculing Christianity so often and so harshly. Um, there's multiple reasons. And a lot of the reasons that I hear is about the history of Christianity. And I say that in air quotes because, you know, I think that when you actually take on the history of all Christians, all professing Christians in this world, if you're going to summarize that and run it parallel to white supremacy, you don't know what you're talking about. And I can go, I, trust me, trust me, trust me. I can talk about this for so long. And I've touched on it in a past episode, like a while ago about the misrepresentatives of Christianity. But, you know, nevertheless, you know, people think that they're justified to ridicule, to criticize, to vandalize, to disrespect Christianity is becoming more and more prevalent. Um, and today I wanted to talk about the different ways that the art and media world offend Christianity and what our response should be as Christians. All right. Um, during Bible study, I talked about four different ways that this happens. I talked about anti-Christ sentiment, mockery, negative Christian character tropes in TV and movies. And I talked about religious appropriation. 
Now, that was an entire hour, right? And I'm trying to get this episode in 30 minutes. We'll see if it actually happens in 30 minutes. So for the sake of time, I'm going to talk about antichrist sentiment and religious appropriation and, you know, briefly touch on mockery and negative Christian stereotypes, because I think that those are easier, like, to understand. Um, But I really want to highlight these other two. So, I mean, there is an entire PowerPoint presentation or Google Slides presentation on this. If you would like that, this is the one that I showed in Bible study. If you would like that, everybody that signed up should have gotten in their email. If you didn't get it or if you want it, just email us, community at unassociated.com, and I'll make sure that we email it to you. Let me sip this water, though. (laughs) My mouth is dry. Mm. I think this coffee that I've been drinking is, like, making my mouth dry. I don't know if that happens to y'all, but... Nevertheless, before I really dig into this, I'm going to be talking about brands and I'm going to be talking about names, right? Uh, I'm going to be naming naming names. And I want to be very clear that this episode is not to condemn people. It's not to judge people, right? Like like I said, I still think Kendrick Lamar is the literally greatest rapper of all time. Like this is not to bash Kendrick. This is not to bash any of the brands that I call out or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, I think it's very important to highlight the actions here and highlight what's going on because something is going on. It's going on as a, um, that's counteracting, you know, what God, I believe, wants to do. And, you know, it needs to be talked about. So I'm judging the actions. I'm not judging the people. And I want to be very clear on that. Right. So the first thing I want to talk about is antichrist sentiment that we are seeing in art, we're seeing in media, we're seeing in clothing brands and so on. And I think a perfect example of this is Rick Owens. <clears throat> um, you know, you probably heard of Rick Owens. He's a popular designer. Rick Owens, he has his own line. And he also has done big collaborations with big you know, uh, brands like Converse, like uh, Doc Martens as well. And there's probably a whole bunch of others he's done. But the Converse one is the one that stood up the most to me. And Doc Martens as well. These are two shoes that I really love. Um, But nevertheless, you know, they did a collaboration. And I'll put up some pictures on the screen for anybody who wants to see them. And there's also pictures in the PowerPoint presentation. Um, And ultimately, what you see in this Converse collaboration, um, even more so, is a very overt allusion to Satanism. Um, of course, you have your demons as the models. That's one. But I think what's even more overt is the use of the pentagram. Now, let's just say this. You know, the pentagram has been used in many different cultures to signify many different things. Right. Um, but I think that, you know, we'd be dishonest if we didn't acknowledge that this is widely perceived as a satanic symbol. It's the pentagram, a.k.a. the sigil of Baphomet. And according to the Church of Satan, churchofsatan.com <laughs> they have a website yes churchofsatan.com it is a visual distillation of the iconoclastic philosophy of satanism so this is this is indeed a symbol that is that is representing occult principles that is representing satanism and people know this and this is widely accepted including you know the people who were behind this entire campaign this entire collaboration so when they actually did this you know collaboration they announced it on instagram um, on, it's probably the post is probably still it is still up on Converse's uh, Instagram if you scroll down or something like that. And the caption had a quote from Rick Owens explaining, you know, what he was going for with this uh, use of the pentagram or the sigla Baphomet. So this is what this is the quote from Rick Owens. It says, I've been using the pentagram for a long time because obviously it has adolescent occult associations, Owens wrote. But I like geometric diagrams like that because in a very primal way. They are a culture's grasp of for control and a way to organize thoughts and systems. And a pentagram in this day and age, with all of its associations, 
I like the fact that it refers to an alternative system, and that suggests openness and empathy. It suggests the pursuit of pleasure, this pursuit of sensation. But one of the main things that I think it suggests is empathy and a consideration of systems of living that might not be standard. So that leads us to be more accepting and tolerant of other systems, which I think is a good thing. Now, that sounds like a very presidential quote right there. On the surface level, I don't think anyone would have a problem with that. But obviously, this is anti-Christian. Obviously, when you use any type of symbolism to represent Satan in any way, literally Satan is not even Satan's name. Satan is a title and Satan and in Hebrew means adversary. Like when you're talking about Satan, you're talking about the adversary, the adversary of who? The adversary of God, the adversary of you and I. So when you align yourself with satanic principles and satanic symbolism, do understand that you are aligning yourself with the adversary of God, the adversary of man. And that's just the fact of it. And you can try to dress it up as much as you want. You can try to use all the flowery language as much as you want. But that's what it is. Now, I think brands do this because ultimately, you know, it has a shock value. It also creates a lot of money as well. Obviously, Rick Owens is a very popular designer, just as is. Um, and, you know, not all of his like his stuff is pretty stylish as well. Um, you know, but ultimately, whether they do this intentionally or unintentionally, you're using satanic symbolism. And it seems as though you're looking to make anti-Christian ideologies more popular and injected into the mainstream. Right. These satanist and occult principles and ideas injecting into the mainstream. And for those that don't know scripture and for those that are not privy to how Satan tempts us, they hear these this language. Right. When it says alternative systems and openness and empathy, pursuit of pleasure, this pursuit of sensation, the empathy and the consideration of systems of living that it may not be standard, accepting and tolerant of systems. When you hear language like this, you might think that it's absolutely innocent. It even seems valiant. But for those of us who are privy to the way that Satan deceives we understand that he uses language to disguise rebellion against god and disobedience against god as love openness and empathy but as christians we need to ask more questions than that we can't just fall for the love empathy and openness talk we can't just fall for the language that the enemy uses what are are we supposed to be loving or how are we supposed to be loving What is this alternative system that you are referencing? Who's in charge of this system, by the way? What are we supposed to be empathetic towards? And what are you telling us to open ourselves up to? We have to ask these questions. What are you telling us to tolerate? As believers, we have to be wise with our dealings. We have to use that discretion because mankind is depraved. God forbid that you open yourselves up to things that are aligning themselves with Satan, with the adversary. Why should a child of God be open or even be representing such things that are not of God. You got to be you got to pay attention to the language that's being used here. Love, empathy, openness, tolerance, acceptance. These are the things that the enemy is using nowadays to literally drive this principle and disguise this principle as something that's just, you know, glorious and is good, but in reality Satan's the one that's behind it. And do understand that Satan, man, some, some of us, we get the wrong idea of who this person is. And, and no no way do I want to, I don't, I don't want to go over the characteristics of Satan. But you do have to understand that, man, the Bible says Satan comes like an angel of light. That's how Satan comes. 
Satan doesn't come like the boogeyman, like, I'm Satan and I want to drag your soul to hell and I want to rob you from eternal life with your Lord and Savior who was completely righteous and completely good. You think that that's what Satan is going to do in order to get you to follow him? No, he's going to tell you things that you want to hear. He's going to tell you to have love, empathy and openness towards everything so you can have love, empathy and openness towards him. And I don't get down like that. I know what the scripture tells me in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13 to 15. When Apostle Paul was talking about the false apostles that existed back in Corinth, he said, For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will correspond with their actions. Nowadays, we don't have people saying, follow Satan. No. You know, it's not, it's not about, we know not to follow the people that are saying, follow Satan to hell. No. But what about when they say, be more open, be more loving, be more kind, be more accepting of the alternative systems, an alternative, a different way. Sounds really good. Sounds like they're servants of righteousness, but in reality, they are false apostles. They are false prophets. They are people who are trying to drag you away from God. There are people who are trying to get you to think that bad is good and good is bad. Isn't that what he did in the garden? Did Satan say, eat this fruit so you literally doom generations to generations to generations to come? Or did he say, eat this fruit because it's going to make you better? It's going to make you like God. It's good for you. So we got to be mindful, man. I've said it before. Satan tempts a rabbit with a carrot. Do understand that he knows what you want to hear. And he's going to give it to you. He knows these principles that people value. So he's going to shape his, his, his propaganda for you to rebel against God in principles that you think everyone should be standing for. <laughs> it's already 17 minutes. <laughs> but let's continue. Let's continue. If I can get this episode done in 40 minutes, then that's, a, that's good. All right. So ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, we got to be mindful of the language that's being used. Mindful of the language that the enemy uses. Anti-Christian sentiment has been consistently, whether it's overt or, or covert, they've been consistently trying to interrupt the mainstream and get you to be more susceptible to agreeing with their satanic ideologies and beliefs. And we have to be mindful of that, not to get swept by that deception. Let's move on to religious appropriation. All right. What really inspired this entire idea of doing an episode about art versus blasphemy? You see, you know, we have Kendrick Lamar's album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Um, I'm listening to it and it's just a huge distraction that I see the crown of thorns on his head. You know, I see the the music video of him with the crucifixion pose and crosses on the on the wall with like a half naked lady in front of him. I guess he's dressed like a priest, him walking on water. I mean, it's just overwhelming, overwhelming. Just I, I couldn't even concentrate and, you know. I understand because I, I did listen to the entire album and I did like listen to reviews and so on. And I understand that I, I personally don't believe that he intended to. I'm going to do this to offend Christians. I'm going to do this to offend people. I think that he had a rhetorical goal and thought that this was the right way to express or to to get people to understand his rhetorical goal. Ultimately, it seems like he's trying to say that I am not this person that you guys have propped me up to be, or even I propped myself up to be. I'm not Christ. I'm not perfect. I've done A, B, and C that are absolutely bad, and I am not the Savior. And I feel like this is really summed up in track 14 when he says, you know, that's called Savior. He says, I'm not your Savior, right? And 
on the surface level, this sounds absolutely innocent. This is good. This sounds like the gospel, even like that you confess that, hey, I'm not perfect. Hey, I've done all these bad things. I am not Jesus. Like, you know, and that's what you need to understand in order for you to even accept Jesus. You have to understand your need for Jesus. So, you know, the message sounds really good. The message sounds really positive. It's actually really amazing. But there's a difference between the message and, of course, there's a difference between the method as well, right? Because you have to understand that cosplaying Jesus Christ is never a good idea. You don't cosplay Muhammad. You don't cosplay Buddha. Why would someone cosplay Jesus Christ? That's just not a good idea. You know, it crosses a line of sanctity. Um, it crosses a line, you know, where even if you didn't, plan for this to happen you didn't intentionally want this you're still inviting self-glorification you know i see the different fan art painting kendrick lamar with the crown of thorns and so on i mean it still invites self-glorification whether you like it or not but furthermore the real problem here is that what it does is that it hijacks christian symbolisms that typically point towards christ and you take the symbolism, you leave out Christ, and you point it in whatever rhetorical goal that you want to point it to. That has nothing to do with leading people to Christ. And that's the problem that I have. It's excluding Jesus. Look at this picture that I'm popping up right now. This is the one that really, you know, took me to a different level of, you know, just really upset. You know, you have the crown of thorns, and you have the blood dripping down, and so on. And it's like, I need people to understand that, like, Jesus didn't die on a cross for your creative inspiration, for your artistic inspiration. He died on a cross for our sins. The blood that was shed was not shed for teaching people that it was shed for me and my sins. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And, his, and by his stripes, we are healed. You see, Jesus suffered and died and resurrected for our salvation. And when we try to take the Christian symbolism and apply it to artwork and media that has absolutely nothing to do with Jesus Christ, ultimately what you're doing is you're overshadowing and you're appropriating the gospel message. And I have a problem with that. And that's detrimental. And it's not only, this is not something you only see with Kendrick Kamal. You see it with so many different hip hop artists as well. That they use these Christ symbols to, to, for their album rollout. <laughs> And I don't like it. And I don't think that it's something that we should tolerate. You also see it in movies like The Exorcist. You know, The Exorcist has made the cross something that people just associate with scary movies. And when you want to cast out a demon, don't get me wrong. Jesus is casting out demons. We casting out demons. We binding and casting. But do understand that the cross, man, that's a symbol of our, of our salvation. That's a symbol of God's love. That's a testament of God's love for us, man. But the media is consistently trying to dilute that and make it about something that absolutely has nothing about that. And I believe that that's a big issue. Other forms that I talked about during Bible study was negative Christian character tropes. You see this in every TV show and every movie. The Christian character is never actually someone who's displaying the fruits of the spirit. It's someone who's judgmental, someone who's hypocritical. Um, someone who's trying to escape their religious household, someone who's trying to escape that terrible orphanage. Um, there's someone who's boring or very bland person. 
You also have mockery, like South Park and that show Black Jesus. And I'm not saying it's mockery just because he's black. I'm talking about literally if you watch a clip of that, you'll understand what I'm talking about. People taking shots at Jesus, Jesus being posed as some worldly person. And man, it's an issue, bro. But let's talk about the real concerns here, and then I'll get into our what should be our response to this, man. The real concern with all of these different things, the different ways that people use art and media to, whether it's to offend Christianity, promote anti-Christian sentiments, to ridicule Christianity, and so on. The point here is not for us to get mad. The point here is not to just say, oh, it's offensive, because it is offensive. And yeah, I understand people getting mad at it. But even more so, the issue why we have to bring it up, uh, the reason why we have to bring it up, even more so, the, re the reason why we have to bring it up is because this counteracts evangelism. That's the real problem here. You see, when you have the negative Christian correct character tropes and every Christian and every TV show and every movie is somebody who is the antagonist, who's judgmental, who's hypocr hypocritical, who's all this different stuff. That representation matters. And what it does is that it paints the Christian community as something that no one wants to be a part of. When you have the religious appropriation and you take the cross, the crown of thorns, and you take the blood and you take the cross and the crucifixion poses and all that different stuff, and you try to use it for to to communicate a message that has nothing to do with Jesus Christ, you're ultimately stealing Christian symbolism and you're trying to appropriate it in order to you to use it for a rhetorical goal that has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. That's that's overshadowing the gospel. That's appropriating the gospel message. And that's an issue. When you have all this anti-Christian sentiment using the pentagram on all these different things, ultimately what you're doing is that you're trying to soften and, and, and feed people these satanic ideologies and these satanic, you know, influences into mainstream media. And, and, and that's just not OK. It's literally you, you try to pose um, anti-Christian symbolism and ideologies as innocent and progressive when in reality they are just simply from satan and when you have the mockery you, you essentially you're just trying to paint our religion or our belief our faith as a joke all these things are an issue and i've said it before and i'll say it again we as christians need to understand we have to be cognizant of this stuff that there's an agenda against christianity there's an agenda against christ followers there's an agenda against christ christ talked about it there is and people think they're justified in doing it. I'm not talking about the Illuminati. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the Democrat. Ooh, I didn't mean to say Democratic Party. <laughs> I was supposed to say political party. But Democrat, Republican, we could get at everybody. It is what it is. But, you know, like, I'm talking about something. I'm not talking about Illuminati. I'm not talking about just uh, political party. I'm talking about something bigger than all of that. This agenda, this anti-Christian agenda is influenced, is charged by the principalities, the powers against the rulers, uh, the, with the rulers of darkness of this world, with the spiritual wickedness in high places. If you think that the spiritual wickedness in high places and the powers and the principalities that are not of flesh and blood are just sitting idly by, then you got it twisted, man. There are real spiritual influences that are influencing influencers. For real. We'd be mistaken to think that the Holy Spirit is the only spirit that's influencing folks, man. There's a Christian agenda that is charged by the adversary. I'm not talking about flesh and blood. I'm talking about Satan himself and his demons. So what should be our Christian response to this?
Should we be outraged? Should we just start calling people out? You know what I'm saying? Just going for everybody's helmet? I don't think so. I don't think that that should be our, our, sorry. I don't think that that should be our response. Romans chapter 12, verse 14 to 18. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, when we see this, this blasphemy in art and media and in mainstream, really, society, you know, what's more important than just being outraged and communicating how offensive everything is, is making sure that as the powers and principalities that are influencing such things are influencing people, we need to make sure that we are influencing more. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I command you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Do understand that evangelism is important because Jesus told us this is what we need to do. We need to go out and influence the world. We need to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. We need to go out and exhibit the fruits of the Spirit so people know that, okay, this is what it means to follow Jesus. Unfortunately, people know more. When people think of Christianity, the first thing they think about is our views on abortion and gay marriage. And I don't want that to be the case anymore. What type of... I don't want that to be... That's not the first impression here. You need to know about Jesus. If anything, if you get anything from this episode, do understand that there should be an increased sense of urgency here, that we understand that there is something that is trying to counteract our evangelism. There is a force that is trying to, you know, misconstrue what Christianity truly is. And it didn't just start today. It's been starting generations upon generations upon generations, thousands of years. There is a force that's trying to get people to deny Christ through deception, through manipulation, through semantics. So how are we influencing this generation to follow Christ? Sorry, that's a plane going by. I don't know if you guys can hear that. <laughs> Sorry, it's too hot in here. I had to open the window. Um, how are we influencing our generation, right? Are we showing the fruits of the Spirit? Are we talking to somebody about Jesus? When God blesses us, are we actually giving him the glory? Or are we telling everybody that we do it ourselves? These things matter. Do we show enough love? Or are we too busy bickering and battering at each other? Is that, is that how somebody's supposed to want to join your church because you're calling out everybody else about this and that? Just judging and condemning folks? I didn't do this episode and highlight the different ways that people are blaspheming against God to get you mad. This is a call to action episode. That gift that you have. That thing that you have, whatever it might be, God wants you to use it, man. Because it's somebody that needs to be influenced. It could be somebody in the world that's going to see your content. It could be somebody at your church. It could be somebody in your family that needs to hear it, that needs to see it, that needs to see God's glory shine through you so they know who he is. Not who the Republicans say he is. Not who the rights say, say the, the ideologically right say that he is. 
Not through what the TV says that he is. <sighs> we need to influence people. Do understand that your behavior outside of the four walls very much matters. You think that people are not watching you? Trust me. When you, when you say that you're a Christian, they're watching you. Even if they're not watching you on purpose, they're watching you. You think, oh, you don't have influence? Oh, trust me, you have influence. They're taking notes on your behavior. And then they go write songs about them. And then they go write TV shows about them. Then they go write movies about them. And they stage you as a negative Christian, you know, character trope that's judgmental, that's hypocritical, that's boring, that's bland, that's annoying. We got to be mindful of our behavior. We got to be mindful um, that our behavior, when we act foully towards other people and when we're not exhibiting the fruits of the spirit and when we're not evangelizing, it only makes Satan's ideology, his principles more enticing to people who are already blind. Got to make sure that we're not doing wrong because when we do wrong, that stints our evangelism. We got to make sure we don't fail to show the fruits of the spirit because that just makes the deception of the enemy clinch the, the lost and the blind tighter. We need to influence as believers. We need to influence. The Bible says that we are ambassadors of Christ. You are saved and you're not just saved and you're saved and, you know, you fold your hands. I have my own salvation. But you've been commissioned to go out and influence the world. Remember, you are an ambassador of Christ. You are to represent Jesus Christ. And does that mean that everyone then comes to say, you know what, now I love Christians. Now we're going to stop making all this blasphemous art and we're actually going to align ourselves with all their principles and their causes and we're all going to go to heaven. No. People are still going to be messed up. People are still going to ridicule you. People are still, I mean, they did it to Christ. Of course they're going to do it. Who, who did Jesus offend? Who, what, when, when did Jesus sin that it gave people a reason to, to do anything? People will still come for you. But at the same time, we have the responsibility to our Lord and the Savior to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a call to action. How are you influencing other people? Because if you're not influencing them, something else will. Where are the Christian creatives at? Huh. <laughs> I, I didn't even plan on saying that. Where are the Christian creatives at? What are you creating? And how is it pointing back to Christ? You know, I hear a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to be the Christian artist. I want to be the artist that just so happens to be Christian. Why? I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying, why? Is your, I'm just saying, I need, I need you to be using that gift to point it to Christ. Don't forget that. Whether you want to be the Christian artist or the artist that's Christian, is you using your gifts for Christ or you, what are you, what? What's up? Where are my Christian creatives at? Where are we at? Photography, videography, you make movies? Where are the Christian movies at? Christian music, we've been struggling in that department. <laughs> we're, we're, we need help. Ah, we need help. You know, where are we at? Come on. God gave you gifts. What's up? What's up? God gave you gifts. Where's your podcast at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not everybody in the world listens to Church Board Confessions or Great with Kendra. We need more. What's up? Where's, you have a gift. What's going on? Where's your Bible study at? Our Bible study is only once a month. Let's get another one going. Where's your gifts? Use them. It's almost 8 billion people out there in the planet. We need to influence them. 
We need to get them to know who Christ is, who Christ is, because it's art, it's media, it's all these different things that are trying to destroy the image of Christ and destroy the image of the church and destroy the image of Christianity, so on and so forth. I'm not saying that there's nothing to to call out. There's nothing to say, oh, well, the church did this wrong, Emmanuel. He actually did this wrong. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I follow Christ, <laughs> not the people that misrepresent him. I follow Christ, not the people that fall short. I follow Christ, not the people who were enslaving other people because they said that that they're less than human. <laughs> I I follow Christ, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a whole nother episode. But what's up, Christian creators? What's up? Where's your painting at? I need that. We need all of that. Let's show them. We need to intrude mainstream media. Where's the ones that make music? Where's the ones that make art? Where's the ones that make all these different things? Because it's diluted right now. We need to freshen it up. Let me end this episode, though, before I keep on going. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for this episode. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for this word. Thank you so much for this conversation, Lord. And I just pray that it really touches people. Help us. Let it quicken us. Let it move us, Lord, to use the gifts that you've given us to influence. Excuse me. As your ambassadors... Help us to represent you. Help us to represent what you stand for. And help us to follow to, to influence people to at least just know you more. We can't convince anybody to follow you. You you are the one that ultimately does the act of calling someone Lord. Well, we have been called to influence. We have been called to represent you. And right now there's so much misrepresentation. But Father, you've given us gifts and you've given us a calling. You've given us purpose and you've given us the ability to influence. And to draw people onto you, Lord, with you working through us, oh God. So we invite you to use us, Lord God. Help us to be obedient without hesitation, to be bold and to be courageous, to speak when it's time to speak, to shut up when it's time to shut up, to do when it's time to do, to sit still when it's time to sit still. Let your name be glorified in everything that we do, Lord Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that we pray. Sorry, the mic was all the way for, away from my face, but I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I really hope that this message could really influence you to to influence others, man. <laughs> oh man. Man, I don't want I don't want you to just, you know, you listen to unassociated and you think that you ain't got something that you need to be doing. Don't just listen to this podcast every week and just well, I'm filled. No, now it's time for you to go fill somebody else, man. But I love you guys. I, I, hey, man. I'll see you guys August 20th, man. I love you guys. Um, have an amazing week. Peace.